Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel. Honestly, you don't want to be taking generic legal advice from a YouTube channel or podcast in any event. On with the show. How violent was E3 2019? The study that definitely won't tell you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about E3, the Electronic Entertainment Exposition or Expo for 2019. And if you're like me and you follow the video game industry, whether you've got clients there or you're just a big fan of games, you know that E3 goes on in June in Los Angeles every year, and it's the big showcase for video games. A lot of new companies come out with their new products. A lot of old companies come out with new things to look at. And certainly there's a lot of stuff uh, that's been shown this week that's been exciting, that's been interesting. But above all, one site says it has been violent. And so I want to take a look at the study that they did because I think we can take a few things of import from it. Not only that this continues to be an issue that riles people up about video games, about whether they are violent, about whether that impacts society in some way, and we're not going to get into all those details here, but also just as a way of looking at what a study is, how it works, how important it is to understand what numbers they're parsing, what definitions they're using. And this goes for video games, sure. We're going to talk about something of relatively little importance in the grand scheme of things. But it also goes for when you're listening to just the report on that newest study on NPR or on CNN or on Fox News or whatever it is that you listen to. You get these overall headline views of what a study says. And very, very often, that's not a great way to look at what a study actually does, what they counted, what they're looking at, what their analysis is. And so we're going to take this in video games, relatively unimportant, and just kind of extrapolate that there is a need to kind of look at primary source materials, in this case, what the study actually does. And to their credit, Game Industry Biz put all of the information that we need to evaluate their study in their article. So let's take a look at that right now. In this article from gamesindustry.biz, we can see the headline, only 21% of E3 games are nonviolent. Gameindustry.biz study found major publishers are behind less than half of all combat-free titles in Los Angeles. Now, before we even get into the language in this article describing the study, look at the sleight of hand that has already happened between the heading and the subtitle. We see 21% of E3 games are non-violent. Violence has a specific meaning. Certainly that meaning can change, can be interpreted by different people different ways. But I would say in general, when we're talking about violence, we're talking about bodily harm. We're talking about something that runs a risk of actually damaging someone in some way, and usually probably in a fairly gory or graphic manner. We see here, I just pulled up the Google definition of violence. There are a number of ways you can look at this. There are a number of def definitions that you can use. But we see here it says behavior involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. And then we see the synonyms here. Brutality, brute force, roughness, ferocity, fierceness, savagery, cruelty, sadism, barbarity, 
barbarousness, brutishness, murderousness, bloodthirstiness, etc., etc. It all gives you this kind of notion of what it means to be violent. And I would argue that what it means to be violent is distinct from what it means to not have combat. And so we see in the subtitle here of the article, what they're actually talking about is that they publishers are behind less than half of all combat-free titles in Los Angeles. So there's a lot to parse here, but you can see that very first sleight of hand. They want to put in their heading something about violence. But did they actually count violence? I have my doubts. Let's take a look at the article itself. A new game industry biz study shows that perhaps unsurprisingly, the most prominent event in the gaming calendar is dominated by violence. There's that word again. Of the 239 games we have counted as being featured at E3, only 42 can be considered non-violent, 21% of all titles on show this week. Of the 42, only 17 are from major publishers or platform holders. This includes eight ID at Xbox titles and one Square Enix collective title, games developed by indies, but published by larger companies. But what counts as violent? And here's what's important. And again, to their credit, I like gamesindustry.biz. I read a lot of their articles. You've seen virtual legality episodes that talk about excellent, excellent interviews that they have done with leading lights in the game development sphere. I like this website, but it's important to see what they did here. For the purposes of this study, we're focusing on violence as an action by and around the player. Something that you do. Okay. This means our requirements for a nonviolent game are no title where you are required or encouraged to harm or kill another living entity. No title with graphic or realistic depictions of violence. Depictions meaning things, I guess, that you don't actively do, but that makes sense. That's how the ESRB would look at things. If there's a rotted corpse on the wall next to you, regardless of whether you put it there, that's probably violent imagery, graphic violence, in terms of how the ESRB would look at things, and in terms of how the Motion Picture Association would look at things when they're trying to figure out what a movie should be rated. Here we get a little bit more confused. We have also discounted, which I take to mean and is further extrapolated on in this article that they have included as violence, cartoon violence. For example, Luigi slamming ghosts into walls will be counted as violence and also discounted or disassembling enemies like in Lego Star Wars. The purpose is to identify games where the central mechanic is not death. They're trying to find things that are not combat or death oriented. But this is where the rubber hits the road. We take a look at this and we say, okay, so you're saying Luigi's Mansion 3, in which you're a cartoon character that uses a cartoon vacuum cleaner to cartoon clean up ghosts, is a violent act because you slam them on walls and on the ground and things while you do it. Okay, I think we're probably getting a little bit far afield from how most people would think of violence. And also when we start talking about Lego Star Wars, if you saw the trailers at E3, Lego Star Wars is the game that features a tiny Lego Kylo Ren building a tiny snowman of Darth Vader and similar lighthearted scenes in the Star Wars universe. You say, okay, well, you hit things and they become blocks and they go away. Yes, that's combat. I will acknowledge that that's combat. Is that violence? Probably not. Probably not how most people would think of violent things. And so what you start to see in this study is, okay, you've taken these very broad brush approaches to what is violent versus what is nonviolent. And I start to think, okay, well, that was your goal in the first place. This isn't a terribly balanced study. This is a study that was designed to get to a heading that says something along the lines of only 21% of E3 games are nonviolent because you have otherwise included in your broad brush 
all of these games that I'm perfectly satisfied playing with my children, not considering them violent whatsoever, but also that the ESRB wouldn't likely consider violent. You've taken a broader brush than is otherwise required. Reference to unseen violent acts, for example, a game where you are solving a previous murder, does not count as violent, presumably if there aren't depictions of violence that are suggested in the second bullet. Minimalist depictions or representations of conflict, for example, a Hearthstone-style card game, do not count as violent. And again, maybe that's okay, although you're creating interesting lines here. If you've played Hearthstone before, you take the pictures of the characters and they kind of bash into each other. And it becomes a question of when the pictures of characters bashing into each other is nonviolent, when it becomes violent. Apparently it's when they're Lego and when they're three-dimensional. Uh, or apparently it's when you're Mario and you jump on a Goomba. Again, these things are very unclear. Then we get to another bullet. Sports games with tackles do not count as violent, as this is not intrinsic to the game or required to win. Someone should tell them about American football. However, sports that center around a combative act, for example, boxing or wrestling, are considered violent. Games in which you give direct orders that lead to violence, for example, strategy tiles, titles or turn-based RPGs, are considered violent. And again, one wonders if you've got a strategy title that depicts the violent act as something more akin to Hearthstone, does that fall under the rubric? Does it not? These are very odd lines to draw, and it creates very odd buckets in which you place your games. Let's take a look at how they actually evaluated the press conferences. In terms of the games we are considering, we have focused on the major press conferences. EA Play, Microsoft, Bethesda, Square Enix, Ubisoft, and Nintendo. If you're interested in my ratings of those press conferences, check out my Twitter where I put that uh, in order. But spoiler alert, Ubisoft is the worst. As well as some of the small events, including Devolver Digital, the PC Gaming Show, and Upload VR's first ever E3 VR Showcase. Finally, we've been trawling through our inboxes in the E3 section of Games Press for any press releases about new games. Uh, I started the nonviolent game of the day project. It goes a little bit into his biography here when talking about the study. Uh, but then we get to certainly the dominant theme at E3's major press conferences where Electronic Arts actually had the best balance of violent to nonviolent games. Of the nine games announced or discussed in and around the event, three titles, FIFA 20, Madden NFL 20, and The Sims 4 Expansion Island Living, were nonviolent. All right, I'm willing to grant The Sims 4 as being a nonviolent game. Although, you know, once you've boarded up somebody in a closed room and then seen what happens to them, you can question whether or not that's a violent act in and of itself. But Madden NFL 20 is nonviolent. I think a lot of people that protest the NFL on a regular basis and the violence of their tackles and their play would be interested to know that that's the bucket that it fell in. FIFA 20 is probably a slightly closer question, although if you've ever seen a slide tackle in World Cup or international play or otherwise in the Premier League, you know that soccer is a very physical sport and one that does, in fact, provoke injuries and gets people riled up. So it's very interesting to me that FIFA and Madden are excluded from a violence definition when I might be more inclined to include them. And then a lot of what we will see in Nintendo's lineup is actually included as violent when I would be very reluctant to include them as violent there. The rest of the E3 lineup were shooters, Battlefield and Apex Legends, online RPG Anthem, Star Wars Adventure Jedi Fallen Order, uh, and also they announced some indies. So they say, okay, FIFA, Madden, and The Sims 4 are nonviolent. Everything else they showed is violent. Ubisoft also fared well, with 31% of its announcements and updates centered around nonviolent games. The publisher has an annual nonviolent presence in Just Dance with the Dancing Panda Bear. Highly recommend you check it out if you follow E3 at all. 
but also had a non-violent new IP in Roller Champions. I don't know if anybody actually watched the trailer for Roller Champions, but this is Rollerball. This is James Caan on rollerblades fighting about a ball and trying to get it around a circle. This is as violent as a real sport, and probably more so since it's not real. The distinctions here, again, are very, very odd. Meanwhile, in the pre-show stream, Ubisoft detailed updates for Steep and a standalone version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey's Discovery Tour, the educational spinoff that allows players to explore a combat-free version of Ancient Greece. I guess having a Discovery Tour in their extraordinarily violent Assassin's Creed series counts as a non-violent game. Again, counting here gets pretty odd. Devolver scored 28% thanks to two of its seven titles detailed this week, comical non-combative battle royale game Fall Guys, and physics-based platformer Heave Ho. Again, the premise of Fall Guys is you're shoving people off things. They're little cartoon people, but it's hard to see exactly why those would count as non-violent when some of the other games counted as violent. But of course, when we're talking about these things, and we're talking about the Devolver press conference, if you saw that at all, that regularly featured things like people having their throats slashed or pulled out, giant aliens emerging from bodies, and other kind of violent things, as well as a heck of a lot of interesting language in that particular press conference. So we are cutting things very thinly, and it's very unclear as to where those lines should be drawn. Microsoft featured 10 nonviolent games on stage, 24% of the 51 titles we counted, although the majority of these were indie games. Nonviolent first-party efforts included the Return of Flight Simulator, which looks awesome, and the LEGO Speed Champions expansion for Forza Horizon 4. So they say, hey, Microsoft mostly uses guns in combat, and that generally makes sense. Most of the stuff that they're showing is Halo and Gears of War uh, and things that lean towards that end. Microsoft has always been a very shooter-centric, shooter-heavy brand, so that does make sense. But then we start to see what really, really doesn't make sense. Only 10% of Nintendo's E3 Direct titles were nonviolent, and only one of those was first party, Animal Crossing New Horizons. So let's take a step back here, because Nintendo had a number of things that were introduced. One was uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, and one was Mario Maker 2. Mario Maker being a game where you take blocks and you put them down to create levels for Mario to traverse, and which may or may not include conflict of any kind in any given level that you create, but if it does include conflict, largely consists of you bopping mushrooms on the head or otherwise throwing shells at things. And they have counted this as violent. Again, they didn't count Roller Champions as violent, but they counted Mario as violent. And it's very, very unclear where that line could possibly be drawn. Again, Luigi's Mansion, we talked about at the top of this video and podcast. They said that the cartoon swinging of ghosts around constitutes violence. Uh, and I certainly think it does constitute uh, obstacles or conflict. Uh, but whether or not that's violence, I think reasonable minds can differ on, and I certainly do. It would be easy to assume that Bethesda's lineup would be 100% driven by combat and violence, but the inclusion of the Elder Scrolls Legends gives it some respite. Since the publisher only showed 12 games, the digital card game accounts for 8% of its E3 portfolio. And again, I think for the most part, Bethesda's making first-person shooters or games where you swing a sword, so that makes sense. I'm a little bit unclear as to what Commander Keen showed in their mobile cartoon title that was so combative, but there was a multiplayer element that allowed you to fight with people, so maybe that came to the level of violence as counted by this particular study. Uh, and then it leaves us with Square Enix as the publisher with the fewest nonviolent games at E3, the publisher's saving grace was indie-developed racer Circuit Superstars, accounting for just 5% of the games shown at its conference. The rest were primarily role-playing games where players will spend hours in combat. 
as well as shooters like Dying Light 2 and Outriders, plus the upcoming action-packed Avengers game. And again, RPGs absolutely revolve around combat. You have to earn that experience. You have to gain those levels to, come to, to progress through the story. But is that violence? Do we think that somebody playing Grandia or some Tales game uh, or one of the other games that appear in uh, the RPG genre are actually looking at something violent when they play it. And would a reasonable observer who is not reading this study, who is not diving into this article and is only seeing the top line 21% number count any of those square games or all of those square games as violent? Would they think of them as violent? Do you think that Final Fantasy Adventure, the tiny little Game Boy game that was announced at, uh, I believe, the Nintendo Direct, but comes from Square Enix, should be considered as violent? How is it more or less violent than Hearthstone when you're talking about little Game Boy figures swinging around a sword or an axe or a sickle? And so we get into these very close questions, but I think it does everyone a disservice when you come out with these very heightened headlines. And we all know most people aren't going to read this whole article. Most people aren't going to watch something like virtual legality to dive into these things. But it's really important to do so, not because I'm begrudging them what they've counted here. I think they've done a good job of counting games that don't have direct combat and conflict as their primary focus, which I think is what they're after. But that takes a long time to write in a headline, and they don't want to write that in a headline. They want to talk about violent versus nonviolent, which I think is a very specific question and a question that is unlikely to be answered when you look at something like this study. So that's really the end of things. I kind of spoke about the highlights here, but I do recommend if you're interested in this at all, you give the site the click. I think it's worth it. I think it's interesting stuff. I do think it's wrong. I think it's wrongheaded. And I do worry that when you look at a headline like this, the study itself was primarily created in order to arrive at something that was hyperbolic, that could get those clicks, that could get folks like me looking at it and talking about it. But again, to their credit, and not everybody does this, certainly not journalists that are reporting on a study rather than conducting ones themselves. This actually goes so far as to put the details that we can analyze and we can evaluate for ourselves in the actual article. Now, me personally, I would like to see the actual database, the actual schedule of games that they put in various buckets so that we could evaluate them on an individual basis. But we've got enough to go on from what they shared with us to know so if you see this headline on Reset Era or NeoGAF or Reddit or you're otherwise talking about it with your friends, just make note to them or in your own head that it's not as clear as what the top line 21% item actually suggests, that there's a lot more going in there. There's a lot of judgment being made as to what goes into which bucket, like there is in every study, including scientific studies, and that the best possible thing for anybody to do when evaluating these things is to read them themselves or to find somebody that has read them themselves and to find different interpretations of what they're actually saying. That's been Virtual Legality for today, a short one here in the last day of E3. I hope you've been enjoying the coverage of video games uh, outside of virtual legality. If you like this video, please do like, please subscribe to the channel. We're doing these things. We're covering the video game industry, information technology, the technology sphere in general, all the time combined with our understanding and knowledge of business and law as a business lawyer and a business law firm. And we're also covering pop culture events like Avengers and Game of Thrones. So I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Please tell your friends, share it around. Uh, and otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you caught it on a podcast, thank you so much for listening. Please do review it on whatever podcast service you listen to it on. Otherwise, I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. <laughs>